Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues on in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with part two of this message entitled, How to Defeat Sin. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. You ask the question, whatever happened to sin? You don't hear much about sin in the marketplace, in the universities, in the place where you work. We don't speak about sin. So the question, whatever happened to sin, can be answered by another question. Whatever happened to the Ten Commandments? You don't hear people speaking about Ten Commandments, except by way of mocking. So whatever happened to Ten Commandments can be answered by another question. Whatever happened to biblical theism? We have abandoned the God of the Bible. And we chose a God who is always nice to us. We made a God of a, in our own image and likeness. Who will always be nice, never speaks about Ten Commandments. But sin is transgression of the law of the God of the Bible. God came on Mount Sinai. It shook, it smoked, there was lightning, there was thunder, there was trumpet sound, there was great warning don't ever come, don't touch it, the holiness of God. So we have abandoned all that. And so there is nothing about sin because nothing about Ten Commandments. Because nothing about the God of the Scriptures. But here in this church we preach about it. We talk to you about sin. I'm preaching about how to defeat sin. Assuming that we are God's people. If you are not Christians, you cannot defeat sin. You can only sin in an ever-increasing measure. You can only sin. What is called non posse, non peccare. But if you have been regenerated, then begins the war. But also, there is freedom for me to do what pleases God. So the final point I want to speak to you, point number five, we put to death the evil deeds of the body by the spirit. The emphasis on by the spirit so that we may live. Those who are sinning don't live. Christians live. Who put to death sin. They really live. Professor Douglas Moo. He says this human activity. In the process of sanctification. Is clearly necessary. But that activity is never apart from. Nor finally distinct from. The activity of God's spirit. He continues, the same spirit 
that set us free from the law of sin and death has taken up residence in us producing in us the mindset which tends toward the doing of God's will and resists the ways of the flesh. We put to death. We are active. But we put to death by the Holy Spirit. The difference between a pagan and a Christian is that Holy Spirit is dwelling in him, enlightening him, guiding him, and empowering him to do the will of God. This progressive sanctification then is a cooperative venture. Some people say, let God do it. Yes, God is doing it through you. We work out exactly what God, by His Spirit, worked in us, both to will and to do His good pleasure. And we work out also by the power of the Spirit. Friends, we are Spirit baptized people. Spirit-filled people. Spirit-indwelt people. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And we are continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. To worship God and to serve Him in the world. In the home, in the workplace, in the school. We do all these things by the energy of the spirit of the living God. Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. Without him we can do nothing. Nothing acceptable to God. Nothing pleasing to God. But we can do all things through Jesus Christ. Who continually makes me strong. We are vitally united to the vine. So all what a branch does in its fruit bearing activity. Is due to the energy of the vine. Listen to St. Paul in Ephesians 3 and verse 20 friends. The most important issue is to make sure you are a Christian. You are not obedient because you are not a Christian. If you are stubborn and arrogant, you are not a Christian. A Christian is characterized by humility. God gives grace to the humble. Listen to St. Paul in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power... That is at work within us. Wives can be submissive to her husband. Husband can love his wife and go to work and make money and struggle and come home. According to his power, that is continually at work within us. 
I'm not talking about a Holy Spirit that is so transcendent. We cannot reach. God cannot be nearer to you. He is in you. He is in you. He is with us. He is in us. He is for us. And Colossians 1 verse 29. To this end I labor. Labor means work hard. Labor means sweating. To this end I labor. Struggling with all his energy. Which so powerfully works in me. I can work. I can labor. With his energy. I can do all things God wants me to do. Because what he commands. He makes us able to do. He never commands us to do something. Which we cannot do. Ephesians 6.10 Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The body is for the Lord. Did you know that? You have no right to put your body in the service of yourself or of the devil. The body is for the Lord. And what sir? The Lord is for the body. The Lord takes care of the body. And he raises the body up from the dead. In due time. Our body is for the exclusive use of the Lord. It is not for immorality. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all. Mundane, ordinary things like what? Eating and drinking. We do it for the glory of God. Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, by his authority, by his revelation. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. You and I say, we, I got tempted. Well, that's nothing new. I get tempted every day. More than you get tempted because I happen to be a pastor. So I always face temptation. But notice, no temptation has seized you. Except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. God will show you a way out so that you don't have to sin. Don't come and tell me I was tempted so I did it. What happened to your freedom? Poor say non pecare. You have a choice, sir. Thank God we have a choice, real choice. And there is a guarantee in Galatians 5 verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not 
gratify the desires of the flesh. You will not. It's a guarantee. Count on it. And you may think sanctification is optional. No. Let me read to you 1 Thessalonians 4.3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That should settle the whole issue, isn't it? There's no debate about it. It is God's will that we should be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality and so on. And God will sanctify his people. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the will of God that we be sanctified and God himself will sanctify us. So friends, yield to the Holy Spirit this evening. While you are even now, you are arguing. There is grace for you. God will give you a soft heart. Ask God to humble you. Walk after the Spirit. Go in the direction of the Spirit, which is the way of the Word. If by the Spirit you put to death the evil deeds of the body, you shall live. We shall live. Not the pagans of the world, not the sinning Christians. We live. We live. Real living. Only killers of sin shall live eternal life. There is a killing that is real living. There is a living that is real death. Sin all you want. And die eternal death. That's what the text is telling us. And people are deceived by temporary pleasure. Put to death sin and live eternal life now and forever. Pleasures of sin is momentary. So we read in Hebrews 11, Moses rejected the temporary pleasures of sin and chose the eternal pleasures of God. Turn with me to Psalms 16 and verse 11. That's real pleasure, sir. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. Kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, sir. We live. Not the man who is sinning in the morning and at noon and in the night. He is deceived. He is dying. You and I, we live. What is this living? It is the approbation of God. It is the benediction of God. It is the smile of God upon us. It is blessedness. 
It is the vision of God. The Bible says without holiness. No one will see the Lord. God is holy. So holy people see God. Jesus said blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Kill sin daily. And pursue righteousness daily. And you shall live with God. How great is the love the father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us. Is that it did not know him. Dear friends. Now we are the children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him. Purifies himself even as he is pure. Revelation 21, then I saw a heaven and new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying... Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them. And be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Revelation 22.4. They will see his face. Even now, as you live a holy life, we will have communion with God. That fills our heart with celestial joy. That no sin can give us that joy. But if by the Spirit, You put to death the misdeeds of the body. You shall live. Friends, we have begun to live. When God gave us new birth. We are living. Hallelujah. We are living. I remember Princess Diana. To survive for one month, she had to pay so much money to the psychiatrist. I mean, look at all these people. They have to have all these support systems just to survive. But we are spirit-filled people. Joy-filled people. Peace-filled people. Happy people. And we, there is joy in serving Jesus. So by way of application... Believers, by the power of the Spirit, obey God's law, the Ten Commandments. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. There is no way to get away from the Ten Commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. He who stole, let him steal no longer, but let him work with his hands that he may have something to give. God hasn't abrogated the Ten Commandments even though we would have liked it. Number two, Christians make no provision for the flesh. Starve the flesh to death. Remember the Ephesians, they took all their sorcery materials and what did they do? They burned them up. Things that lead us to sin, destroy it. Whatever it is. Things that cause us to sin. Number three. Sinning Christians do not evangelize. They cannot father a spiritual child. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Sinful, sinning Christians will never share their faith. The reason we don't share, if you are not sharing the faith, because we are sinning. But the purpose of salvation is that we declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. Number four. Friends, saints, meditate on scripture. Things about. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It will help you to kill sin. Number five. Pray for grace and receive grace. We are told in Hebrews chapter 4. To draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace for time of need. James 4, 6. God gives grace to the humble. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. Number six. Use the sword of the spirit to kill sin. As Jesus did when he was tempted. It is written. Yes. Number seven, be concerned about your own sanctification and be concerned about others' sanctification because we are one body. If you see your brother sins, rebuke him. We have a responsibility to our brother and our sister. Jesus himself said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chase. Number eight, daily train yourselves to godliness. But we train ourselves daily to godliness because it is profitable for this life and the life to come. How do you train? Let me tell you. 
do the right thing for a long time until the right thing becomes your habit praying becomes habit early rising becomes habit reading the bible becomes habit obeying god becomes what habit when you obey for a long time it becomes habit Number nine, the bride of Christ is holy, not a harlot. Number ten, if God justified you, he will sanctify you. Now listen carefully. Even if he has to kill you. I was listening to a Catholic preacher and he said, I would like to die. I would like to die. die you may ask why should i like to die because then i will not sin that's true and if god justified you and if you are stubborn we are told for this reason many of you are weak and sick and a number have what sir fallen asleep Finally, the goal of our sanctification is the glory of God. A filthy bride is no glory to the bridegroom. So here it is in the book of Ephesians, we are, we are told, chapter 5, verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. Friends, Christ will have a holy bride and he is committed to sanctify us and he will do it. He will succeed. Let's praise him. I say, oh Lord, use whatever measure you must use, but clean me up. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we confess we are sinners. Have mercy upon us, miserable sinners. You have chosen us from all eternity, having seen all our misery. And our filth. And you purpose to sanctify us. You purpose to have a holy people. As your bride. A beaming people. Radiant people. People without spot or wrinkle. Blameless. Shining. As jewels. Thank you, O God, for your work. And you have not finished with us yet. We could feel it. (laughs) The chastening and the rebuke and the washing and the scrubbing. And the wrinkles removed by the application of hot iron. Do it, O Lord. Get rid of all moral filth. Make us holy people. 
that we may have holy communion with you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part two of this message entitled, How to Defeat Sin. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor B.G. Matthew. 